time to get geeked up. Time to get geeked up to stand up comics telling you what's up in movies and TV. I know you could feel me. Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're gonna go and take a closer look. And no show's the same. We always got a different game. Always got a different game. Hey, hey. Ooh, baby. Time to get geeked up. What's going on, geeks? Welcome to the Geeked Up Podcast, Life in Coronaville. I'm Devin Barnes, and with me always is Mr. Social Distance himself, Liam Whalen. Yo, yo, yo! What's going on, buddy? Welcome to the show, geeks. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Obviously, we're still in quarantine. That's why my voice sounds a little different, but maybe not as different as I've been sounding in the past episodes where I've been actually calling in on the phone and Liam's been locking me out of the studio. Uh, <laughs> this time, when Liam wasn't around, I went in there and changed the locks and uh, locked us both out of the studio now. So we might sound like equals here because we're doing a Zoom, doing it on Zoom this time. Yeah, entering the Zoom world, I guess, which uh, I guess in some ways a long time coming for the Geeked Up Boys. As we've been using the technology for the last, uh, you know, we've done uh, like six or seven uh, weeks of Zoom rooms already. But finally, we're bringing it. (laughs) I don't know what took us so long to uh, put the two and two together, you know. uh, We were OG with that phone. I honestly like the old school approach of the. uh, Yeah, keeping like a radio show, you know? (laughs) Exactly. But uh, uh, yes, now we're cracking. At least I can see you. Devin, can you see me? What's up, buddy? You're looking right. good. good. You're we growing a nice back. quarantine beard. We haven't been able to discuss on the show. That's, That's good. True. You got a nice That's play. True, you uh, look like fucking. You're entering the uh, Eastern Conference uh, semifinals and the Stanley Cup playoffs with that fucking thing. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, any baseball player not on the Yankees. Look. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, I've got my version of the playoff beard, which is the messy face of peanut butter and fluff over here. I've got, the, <laughs> I've got my Willie Nelson sandwich all uh, smushed over my face because <laughs> I'm not used to these. It's a real look into the soul here, you know? Yeah, I also got real used to doing these shows not wearing pants. So now uh, uh, so I'm sticking with that, though, as I guess. Just holding the yeah, phone up. I'm right still not. <laughs> You never did though. You were always yeah, uh, yeah, a very weird pants. Even in studio, first thing I would do is take my pants off. <laughs> we did our podcast uh, like uh, Kramer and uh, and Frank Costanza playing pool with the maestro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And to keep our exactly. crease in our pants for after the show, you know. It's a. <laughs> and I guess trying to talk about that in the last episode we did of Cronaville. Uh, you know, Frank Costanza was at the top of the uh, the RIP news, and I guess you know we always like to kick these things off with a bummer. Keeping that same thing, and we got a big one here, but in the Frank Costanza thing, another Seinfeld All Star falls to the uh, RIP, yeah. joining George's dad, uh, uh, George's <laughs> boss. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Wilhelm, George's boss. That's right. Yes. Uh, RIP. Maybe not quite as big of a uh, all star on the show as um, as uh, Frank was, but I believe he was the one calling George Coco. 
if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> no, that was actually, I believe, uh, uh, Mr. Kruger. <laughs> right, uh, uh, that was that called him Coco. Mr. Kruger was my favorite of George's boss. They they look very similar. They're both bald, but Wilhelm okay. was the guy that was actually worked for the Yankees, and he was not. He was like Steinbrenner's underling, but he was also uh, like a wait, hilarious wait, klutz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but he was like a he was a hilarious klutz in a lot of ways too. But he was uh, uh, not the Coco guy, not like the total okay. idiot that was. Uh, but Richard Hurd, I guess I was kind of looking for his. I, I knew I wrote down his name somewhere in, in this. Yeah, see, this is why I lost the uh, Seinfeld trivia challenge. Because <laughs> exactly, exactly. I gotta leave these things to you. But uh, uh, as well, I guess pointing out though, uh, uh, he was eighty-seven, and as well, none of uh, uh, not uh, COVID-related. I guess none of our RIPs this week are again Corona-related. So interesting news there, but. Uh, Yes, but R.I.P. to Mr. Will. But as well, he was in, I guess, All the President's Men, as well as T.J. Hooker with Shatner, were some other uh, uh, roles for Richard Hurd in his non-Seinfeld career. But, of course, like you mentioned, forever on the Geeked Up podcast, known as Mr. Wilhelm. Mr. Wilhelm, R.I.P. And I guess our next on the list is... uh... Something that I'm always surprised that isn't on the list more, but I think we uh, finally nabbed a wrestler on the list, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, our first wrestler of Coronaville. You've, you've been asking for one. We've uh, Much like Master Fuji, conspicuous by their absence, has been uh, uh, the presence of... Uh, and this is kind of a sad one, and I guess kind of from the professional wrestling world, but a, a little bit more from one of my other big passions, which is, of course, Japanese reality television. As we all know, but <laughs> for sure, yeah, yeah. You but, yeah, about it all. She is a uh, she uh, <laughs> Hannah Kimura, who is I guess a, a female in like a female professional wrestling organization, and has been in some American uh, uh, professional wrestling stuff I, as well, I guess. But as well uh, is on like a Japanese reality show that I guess was on Netflix. So I guess we we can Netflix and chat it, or we could have, but I think they may be yeah. taking it off now. Actually, in response, but it's apparently kind of like one of those you get six, I guess, uh, uh, celebrities under the same roof. They start dating, madness ensues situation. Okay, okay, no doubt. Uh, it's called Terrace House, I believe. And uh, so she was on that show, and I guess due to like cyberbullying. Uh, and, and, like, in her response to her appearances on that show, she'd been getting crushed in Japan. And apparently, uh, uh, I guess right now they're not releasing, uh, as time of this recording, they haven't re- officially released Cause of Death. But she has made some ominous, like, social media posts right before, you know, her, uh, her confirmed death. So it's like people are putting two and two together. I think that show is, like, currently on pause or taken off. Uh, Netflix, but a very sad story. She was only 22, and uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 f- and the future was bright in the worlds of professional wrestling and Japanese reality television. So, very interesting. Uh, yeah, real sad news. And I guess, like in Japan right now, they're kind of looking in on a more grand level to cyberbullying. Which, of course, has been, you know, that's weird. It's ugly head in America, of course, with, you know. Now, was numerous... she the only, I don't want to make light of segment, but was she the only American on the show? Is that I don't think she's like American. I think she might even be, I think she's Japanese. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I'm not even sure. That's a good question. I don't know what the cyberbullying 
was really about, you know what I mean? But I uh, I believe she's Japanese, actually. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, big, uh, these wrestlers never go the way I think they would. And these Japanese, yeah, that's true. And these Japanese, uh, these Japanese, like, reality and game shows are always way more fucking hardcore than ours. So I guess not really surprised when, like, instead of getting, getting voted off, you get cyber bullied to death as, like, a very, very Mike Myers For all we Japanese know, that could have been the game show. show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're putting a different spin on it now, but, no, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh so that was a very sad one. That's a very sad one. But I guess leading, though, the top of the list on this one is a huge legend, uh, but big R.I.P. going out to Fred Willard. Um, yes. You know him from pretty much all the Christopher Guest movies he's yep. uh, in. Mr. Um, Mockumentary, this guy. He's uh, in that like cast of all of the uh, Guest movies, like you said, as well. He was in Spinal Tap. He was the one. For sure. like, he was, uh, you know, uh, so like the all-time classic mockumentary. Yeah, absolutely. He was uh, played Phil's dad on Modern Family, which is I uh, kind of blame Modern Family on this one too because they killed him off in one of the episodes, the final episodes of Modern Family. Oh, really? Yeah, they, interesting. Uh, which of course just had its uh, series finale. So they mm-hmm. ended up, but they didn't let him. They didn't let him make it. Jeez. No, like <laughs> yeah, Bundy yeah, like, is kicking, and this guy is fucking <laughs> for sure, for sure, man, and. uh you know, I remember seeing him on the show though, and was just like, "Man, it's and they were in those, it was this episode where he dies." But I remember like watching and being like, "Man, are they like having him act out how like old he's looking because like he's got a lot of shaking going on?" And uh, interesting, I don't think he was because I saw him something else. It was like I think that a uh, comedy thing that we watched when this whole COVID thing broke out, the uh, okay, comedy yeah. gives back. I think he was on a quick thing on that. Okay. And I was, I mean, I've like seen, seen him, him on like Letterman. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, not Letterman, Kimmel. <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I feel like I've seen him on like a Kimmel, you know, though in recent years and um, in recent years. Yeah. I feel like he's one of those things where it's like, it kind of happened okay, overnight. So a downhill, you know I mean? downhill he, uh, turn. Yeah, because I remember seeing him on that comedy thing and just being like, ooh, man, he's not looking great. Oh, I see. I thought it was more, you saw him on the comedy thing, he was looking good. (laughs) No, the opposite. It was like he wasn't putting on an act in uh, Modern Family. I gotcha, I gotcha. But uh, I guess as well, kind of in more recent years, he was uh, uh, an anchorman, you know, for for a generation of, uh, of, you know, geeks. But so very sad sure. news there. Definitely, like I said, you know, one of my uh, I love all of those Christopher. I just love that whole concept of that mockumentary style, and he's kind of like the cast face of all of those uh, movies in my book. You know what I mean? And like the one takeaway from for sure. You know, he he has a very Stephen Root esque uh, uh, resume too, just because like okay. if it's almost any comedy. Even then, I've talked about it all the time, but he's uh, in How High. I think he might be the dean in okay, How High. He's not the dean, right, but yeah. he's definitely in How High. Well, yeah, he's so, classic you know white I mean? guy in like a bla- in any type of. Uh, he's like the For dude sure. in Dolomite he's... that was just like you know I'm making a killing as like evil white guy on these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he could have fit Fred any uh, any crusty white guy or like. Yeah, definitely made a killing in like funny old white guy in almost every comedy movie. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, and as well, I guess even some news. If we kind of want to segue it a little bit into the show, but has uh, a big, you know, upcoming role in a big upcoming uh, uh, Netflix and Chad Golden Ticket 
prospect here sure. in Space Force, which yes. is a uh, of course the big Steve Carell, uh, John Malkovich. Uh, show coming up, I think, uh, uh, premiering this weekend, actually, here in Coronaville on Netflix, which we'll big talk time, about. Big time, man. And as well on our yeah. Netflix and chat, we'll break it down as a, as a golden ticket prospect, but he is a, has a role on that, and you were telling me a little bit, it's kind of like a whole crazy story about his role on Space Force 2020. For sure. So Space Force is the show coming out on Netflix. Uh, it's actually the last thing. His last IMDb credit is Space Force, which uh, you have to wonder too, man. Like producers or like people that like are making money off of how many viewers you get. Do you have to imagine that like the second Fred Willard died, they're probably like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean. You have to imagine the big Willard heads out there definitely going to be checking this no, one out. For sure. But uh, this is the new Netflix show starring Steve Carell, uh, Steve Carell and Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels, who made The Office and Parks and Recreation, is uh, writing this show with Steve Carell. So it's too, a, like, uh, uh, in recent years, as big as it gets in, like, sitcom TV. For sure. It's now, here's where we kind of get crazy, because Fred Willard is in it. Uh, this show is kind of like, you know, you imagine these two writers were just like, a couple months ago, Trump announced, or maybe a year or so ago, Trump announced that his next new idea for the military branch is going to be the Space Force because, uh, you know, we got <laughs> we got to get America up there first. Yeah. So they all kind of started making, like, a series, and it's kind of like a joke about that. But like a wild when Trump, spoof off of that whole... When Trump first said that, though, Fred Willard was in a 1978 TV pilot that never got picked up called, you guessed it, Space Force. Where he played like a goofy astronaut on it. That's apparently so the Trump... same fucking thing as I looked into. I like did the one quick IMDb thing when you told me, and it was like satirical comedy about a, a, a military force on space? <laughs> question mark. Right. Starring Steve Carell as a baby in nineteen. 19- I was like, what? <laughs> 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 but when, uh, yeah, it's not the same thing. He just happens to be in both, and it even now, gets more confusing. Con- Sorry, go ahead. Because. It even gets more confusing because when Trump uh, first announced the Space Force branch, Fred Willard went on the Kimmel show as his character from the 1978 Space Force (laughs) making fun of Trump. Okay, I see. Now, was – I mean, uh, like, is this at all a popular thing in 1970? You said it was a TV uh, movie that didn't get picked up, so it's not like a popular – it wasn't like a popular thing. It wasn't yeah, like it wasn't like Spencer minute... Confidential or whatever, where it turns out no, that it was Spencer like... Confidential, which had like eight seasons plus like <laughs> yeah. a Hawk spinoff series. Exactly, really. and me and you had never heard of it, so we were like, eh, "That's probably." But okay, no, so this, this was, was just like a thirty-minute TV pilot that never got picked I up. See. Okay, interesting. And, uh, now this might be one of those things to, uh... that you hear about, where like licensing, copyright licenses expire, so maybe that's why they were able to like take the, sh- the sh- uh, a show with the same name and a same similar concept but it's not at all like a reprise of that show though correct no it's not it's you not also like give even it... theoretically willard's not playing the same character or anything like it's not playing two separate characters okay i see so it's not like a reboot or a reprise or anything it's just like a, a, co- a, con- a coincidentally enough same name yeah. same idea <laughs> same goofy name same goofy Both idea. with fred willard Exactly. One, he's in all 10 episodes. The original one was just a 30-minute episode that never really aired, which you really got to give it to the producers or writers of the Kimmel show for uh, 
thinking of that when Trump first said that goofy shit, they're like, we got to get Fred Willard from the Space Force on <laughs> well, I think Fred Willard was like a Kimmel regular. Like, Fred Willard was always palling around on Kimmel. He, they were like, you uh, know. True. But uh, uh, so he might have like, but uh, uh, as well, Norm and Fred Willard, like and Fred Willard and Norm, I think were boys, you know, which uh, mm-hmm. so he's so Fred Willard close with two of my favorite people in, in, in Hollywood, Kimmel and Norm. But um, so uh, uh, but very interesting, though. And the show is as well, Space Force so far. The one thing that might keep it from a Netflix and chat prospects not getting the best uh, reviews to start no i mean as of recording this it comes out tomorrow so we'll find out but you know john malkovich is in it yeah steve carell uh i mean it looks definitely uh, uh looks like you said like a pretty funny concept or whatnot you know what i mean and mm-hmm. uh, some good you know funny people in it malkovich and carell i imagine could be a could be a great duo for like a weird quirky weird sure. comedy like this you know what i mean malkovich i'm sure some scientist or something crazy you know and plus when if we ever let something being good or not uh decide what we're watching on netflix <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's true but odds uh, are it's gonna be shitty yeah so i guess a big r.i.p news to us so big r.i.p to fred willard as well as the rest of the uh, uh, RAPs we mentioned, and potentially to our prospects of watching uh, Space Force. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace to all of the above. But I guess before we totally leave the RIP news, I want to do a kind of a special edition, a uh, get well soon, almost RIP news. And, uh, you know, this is, <laughs> these kids are going to be up there with the Star Wars kid, but three Bolivian kids... Just let themselves get bitten by a black widow on purpose <laughs> in the hopes to gain Spider-Man-like powers. Yes. I mean, epic brothers right here. Uh, uh, eight, ten, and twelve. First of all, the twelve-year-old's a total idiot in this situation. <laughs> the eight-year-old you can hardly blame, especially after the other two do it. But the twelve-year-old's really looking bad in this. But yeah, uh, yeah, geeked up, geeked up heroes right off the bat. And in my book as well as so far, and best well wishes to them as they've needed to be like like helicoptered to three different hospitals <laughs> for safety. But I'm taking the wait and see approach, much like coronavirus in the second wave where it's like let's give it time to see what happens here before uh, a rushing to judgment and getting out there you know let's see let's give it a couple weeks to let these uh, superpowers develop it's not gonna be overnight necessarily like are we ready to rule out superpowers i mean who knows that in a couple months the like the news will be like an unrelated (laughs) news three masked spider-like children have been running around bolivia yeah, we're gonna no, have to, give them, we're gonna have to let them... the stats settle. But if uh, mm-hmm. uh, if petty street crime goes down in Bolivia in the next uh, I can couple give you, months, uh, my Florida version of this story is uh, as we all know, as I'm loath to admit on the show, I did spend a lot of time in Florida <laughs> growing up there. I used to uh, work in this bar down there, and for the sake of the show, we'll call the guy Larry, right? And we used to party <laughs> with this guy, or this guy used to party pretty hard, Larry, that we worked with. And one day his ex-girlfriend came in the restaurant was just like, hey, just so you guys know, Larry's dead. He was bit by a spider. And all of us were just kind of like, 
what the fuck really like that sounds pretty far-fetched and insane <laughs> lo and behold like six months later one of us were driving down the street and there's larry walking down oh, the side of the road and i was like well, i guess in good news he's not dead in other yeah. news i think he might have spider-like ability hilarious news he's... <laughs> yeah. oh epic move by larry's girlfriend he just uh <laughs> Larry's dead. He yeah. was bit by a spider. Bit by a spider. I mean, that's like a pretty easy thing to look up. Like, you're going to get caught <laughs> yeah. with that one. You know what I mean? Like, it's Florida Go Oxy Overdose. Nobody asks any questions, but Spider Bite. It's like, you're going to want to fucking Google this one. Honestly, nobody really asks questions about the spider bite in Florida either. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, <laughs> good enough. Honestly, my near death with uh, my, my, my Larry close encounter, I think I've maybe talked about it on this show or. Some I've talked about it before for sure anyway, but uh, uh, I've got a brother who's four years older than me. So when he was kind of in college or had like just moved out of the house or whatever, uh, uh, I was in my room and I had this spider web growing and I kind of let the spiders grow. Like I didn't kill him. I let him be, let him hang. You know what I mean? And they grew to be. It was pretty cool. There was a big web I'd watch or whatnot. And I, I, I didn't mess with them. I just let them be until one day I saw one on my floor and it was fucking huge. And I was like, all right, dude, like party's over with these spiders. I've got to like eradicate the problem and i went to kill it and this thing fucking darted a hundred miles an hour across the room i couldn't catch up with it and i tried to stomp it like three times and it slid under my bed and i just moved into my brother's room that night i literally (laughs) just moved out of my room i was never slept in my like childhood bedroom again i just moved into my brother's room growing up and was it the spider fucking oh he he won that that was now his house what silent agreement or understanding do you think you and that spider had? It was like, all right, look, I won't mess with you. You don't mess with me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't, like, I don't know, dude. I think this was like another spider that got in the house to eat fucking my spider. Because mine was this, <laughs> like, monstrous thing that I saw. You know what I mean? It was, like, fucking crazy. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what parents, happened to it. He's fucking still living, in, parents... he's still living in that house now. He's like... <laughs> Yeah, I bet your parents bought that bigger spider just to scare you off from letting spider webs grow in your room. I know. It was like an Owen Wilson movie where my fucking mom wanted to scare me out of the house. Like, uh, I ended up moving in with Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Failure to launch is awesome, by the way. I uh, I just watched it on... uh... (laughs) On Netflix? But But, yeah, definitely. um... Big shout out to those uh, get well and big get well soon news. To uh, to the Bolivian, the uh, the the Bolivian brothers, the Bolivian spider kids get well soon. Um, I'm seeing I'm seeing that... Rosie back there. Your cat Rosie is showing some super some uh, super. <laughs> some uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's crawling on the TV back there. This is yeah. Uh, she's about to start scaling the window. It looks like I was going to say when you were in Florida, by the way, your buddy Larry that has like Carol Baskin's situation written on some shady death. Like his girlfriend got some shady, <laughs> shady news on old Larry. Ah, uh, no man. But I guess to kind of get in some more uh, recent news, kind of like us doing this thing on Zoom. We've talked a lot about. Uh, a lot of the late shows doing Zoom stuff. Uh, Josh Gaz is doing that reunion show thing. And I guess another big one that's kind of been like a web thing that's come out since uh, this whole COVID lockdown is John Krasinski started the whole Good News Network. And it was this, these YouTube videos. It was like a huge hit. He got the office people together. He's like only reporting on good news. And 
People have been loving it. But yeah, we've talked about enough. it. I, uh, I think on last episode, we were just our last Cronenville episode. We were talking mm-hmm. about how it's been like the most viral, you know, most viral sensation since Tiger King has been uh, for sure. the Good News Network. It's, like it's just been two. like this for sure, kind of like this glass half full positive thing. And uh, you know, like us, we get bored with that positive bullshit quickly, and immediately <laughs> the crowd turned on him because uh, he just sold the Good News Network. To uh, CBS, CBS yeah. has bought the Good News Network. So bad news, uh, bad news for the Good News Network. But... Good news for Krasinski, you know. Good what news I mean? for CBS, yeah. Good news for Krasinski and CBS, but uh, yeah, I, I think mean... it's be bad news for CBS. But like people have been like, "What a fucking sellout!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it's all over for the whole thing up right but... now. If CBS comes calling Liam and I, and we're like, "Hey, we want to buy the Geeked Up podcast." <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, I guess, with Spotify and uh, the whole Rogan <laughs> scenario. <laughs> but this is definitely uh, is kind of a bummer, and we, we've kind of talked about. It. I think I was actually maybe talking about it. it might have been on the uh, Jammin' World last episode where I was talking about how a lot more of the bands have started now releasing like paid webcasts, and the honeymoon is kind of over for like the free streaming entertainment in this post-coronaville world and heading mm-hmm. into the summer there's going to be a lot more like monetary capitalization on this kind of stuff and uh, uh i think this is kind of one of the first examples of that you know well, where i don't know i to mean me, like he's officially think... sold the whole thing he's apparently as well not going to be doing it anymore it's going to be like a concept that he owns, but like, you know, they're going to have uh, uh, the fucking Sheldon from uh, uh, Sheldon from Big Bang is now going to be hosting the thing. And they're going to be reporting on <laughs> yeah, yeah, Big yeah. Brother contestants. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's uh, going to lose uh, still, all of its yeah. uh, charm. And he's, he's still the wrong. executive producer on it. Uh, they're, I guess they're going to get a new host. But let's be honest. Like, I just assumed this would all be done anyway once, like, things got back to normal. Like, I never thought that, like, John Krasinski was really going to throw into a studio and make the Good News Network. Like, it was just, like, a fucking hobby thing, much like this Josh Gad and these bands live streaming. I think CBS is dumb for buying it. Like, who gives a fuck after this is all over? Like, And after Krasinski was out of it, I think it's going to – yeah, for sure. That's definitely – Yeah, the whole concept of it, though, it was was bad news everywhere. Like, No, for sure. It's going to be good news. The fucking quarantine is going to be lifted. No one's going to be watching Yeah, and hey, CBS, if you want to put some good news, fucking put some good news on. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you you don't have a news network, you assholes. You want to fucking – Exactly, man. You don't need to ruin it for the rest of us. For, like, I imagine he was just like, a, no shit, you guys want to buy this, you dummies? Like, sure, how much are we talking? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does kind of just, like, you know, it is just a very direct kind of sign of one of those oh. good-natured, spirited, fun kind of charity, we're all in it together things, just, like, immediately the rich get richer based on, like, <laughs> sure. our, our misery, you know? Like, we all bought into it because Krasinski was doing something good, and now... You know, he's uh, it's it's all over and he's uh, uh, that much richer, so... For sure, but it's the same thing you were talking about, like, with the, uh, like, the concerts, maybe he's charging now for the live stream. It's like, hey, fucking dummy, you should have done this from the beginning if you're going to do it, like... For sure. The quarantine's almost lifted, we can just go to your concert. 
We're not going to, like... I mean, my whole thing that I talked about on my show was for some bands, I feel it's it's appropriate, and for some, I don't. Like, for example, this upcoming summer, a band like Fish or Dead & Company should, for the fans, give free live streams every week, whereas, like, up-and-coming bands that, like, need tour money to survive as artists, they need to figure out a way how to survive. So, like, you know, there was a, 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 you know, a virtual concert series for a slate of like up and coming jam bands that you wouldn't mind throwing them 20 bucks to watch their streams because as a band like that's what they need to progress a band like dead and co it's like all right dude like you can afford to give away a free stream all right like yeah, krasinski yeah, yeah. can afford to you know what i mean just keep this as a little youtube hobby as opposed to just like all right i won't do it cbs can have it i'll fucking make money on you know i'll let joel McHale do it and i'll make money off it but again but again i haven't looked this- into it too much so i don't want to bash John K, that you know that much, but uh, I think it's kind of different than the Rogan scenario. If we kind of want to get into that, another big, huge streaming thing. But he, I think, it's very different than the Rogan scenario. Yeah, for sure, because Rogan has like an established business with this podcast for the last yeah. He X didn't start years. the Joe yeah. Rogan podcast during quarantine. It's for sure, been like, and Rogan's kind of know, gotten some backlash as well. You know, up and, there when you think of podcasts, you know, Joe Rogan was like, like you got like Mark Maron, but Joe, the Joe Rogan like experience or podcast, or whatever. It's like one of the original like ongoing podcasts. For sure. And I feel that's kind of what all of its popularity is about in a lot of ways as well. And I guess the news with the Joe Rogan podcast, but he signed this uh, week like a $100 million contract to be exclusive to Spotify, uh, I guess Mm -hmm. effective this coming fall. And then uh, uh, starting in 2021, he will like have to take all of the YouTube stuff down, but I guess like that'll be he'll be on Spotify in the fall and then exclusive in 2021. But I think that the whole reason, like literally, I've talked about it on this show as well before, but like my YouTube, and then now it's making sense that Rogan is like the most epic YouTube podcaster because I've talked about it how my YouTube just hilariously decided that I like the Joe Rogan podcast. And, like, we just, like, recommend, like, and no matter what video I watch, it's, like, up next, Joe Rogan talking about alligators. And I'm, like, all right. So now I just fucking, like, watch Joe Rogan on YouTube all the time because my YouTube fucking mandated that. But I feel that, like, part of the reason why he's so famous is because of his the uh, epic catalog, the fact that he's been doing it for the longest, not that he's necessarily the best. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I don't know. think anybody, I think like, uh... huh? I think there's plenty of bros out there that like Kung Fu and DMT. Where, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. He kills it with our buddy Sean. He's like, but no, you're right. Like he's uh, like, of course, great for a demo. But like, like I, it's hard for me to believe that his show is like a, a significantly better than like Bill Burr's Monday Morning Quarterback or you know the uh, any of the Lauren Lapkus uh, comedy Bang Bang Network shows theoretically or whatnot. You know For what sure. I mean? It's just like I don't think people regard Rogan so as the great podcaster because he's the best at doing it. I just feel because he was like the first every he's established that whole YouTube thing. He's pretty much like uh, uh, really invented that as like an establishing release form. You know what I mean? Just fucking YouTubing the shit out. Of your product and absolutely man and uh a hundred million dollars seems like a huge deal but it's interesting because you do hear things like getting bought out like that but i've never really heard because it's going to be free to us you know what i mean so like the bros can I mean, still listen to really, about though because it's going to be free on free spotify so there's literally commercials every two fucking minutes where right yeah, there's now commercials YouTube... if you listen to more of a five minute clip on youtube you're gonna get a fucking commercial but not you if you do ad blocker on... 
<laughs> I haven't sold that blocker. I haven't seen a fucking commercial in YouTube. They literally play a five second one when it starts and then nothing. Like, but literally, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, YouTube is a lot easier to go commercial free to find. You know I don't know. I mean? All the especially the thing with Rogan to. for my book as well. The huge thing with Rogan that he did was brilliant to do but he released pretty much on on youtube all short best of clips which hooked me in i've never fucking listened to a full rogan podcast i literally me don't know either. how it starts i don't know what his intro song i don't know but andre davi might be doing his fucking songs but i've got no idea <laughs> because all i do is listen to like literally my youtube autoplays 20 minutes of rogan talking about an alligator or like a crazy dmt story and i'm like fuck yeah but i've never listened to like a three hour him and some hunter <laughs> you know what i mean like so I don't know, like if Spotify isn't gonna yeah. do a whole series of short clips. I feel like Rogan's. Well, I just... guarantee they will, dude. They're gonna be because they have the videos too. They're gonna be putting all the video clips on their, uh, you know, their thing. I feel like that's kind of what it is for Spotify. I feel like it's a two prong thing for Spotify. A, I feel they're just trying to cancel out their competition that joe rogan is mm -hmm. like the king of youtube which is like right now their biggest so now it's like they're probably worth 100 million just to get people off of youtube you know what i mean and uh, as well i think they want to try to establish their video network because i have spotify premium and i honestly didn't even know that they had a video element on spotify literally yeah. I, I listen <laughs> yeah, to it exactly. i'm like a huge spotify user as uh for music and all but i literally mm. didn't even know that there was a thing so it's interesting though as well like when uh, uh in new york growing up there was this legendary sports radio show the mike and the mad dog that were like the number one sports talk radio show and in the early mike, two and, the mad dog. mike and the mad dog and in the early 2000s the they signed when the yankees started their own uh a sports network they signed to broadcast their show on the sports network. So then you could just watch pretty much because the sports network was just looking for programming. You know, all they had was Yankee games. Sure, so sure, they would sure. just show. So then you could now watch these two hilarious idiots have this conversation. And it really totally changed the game and dynamic. And for all of the Mike and the Mad Dog fans like myself that got hooked on watching it on TV, it was really never the same then to listen to it again. And it kind of like it was a weird thing because it took away a lot of their listening audience because everybody wanted to watch it and then when they left the viewing platform it was like everybody had kind of gotten accustomed to watching them on yes that they like didn't go back to listening to them on wfan you know what i mean it was you know a who, whole uh, weird thing well i guess to play other than that though it's kind of like when stern was being shown on the e-network was like when the e-channel was original stuff and it would Great show, deal, like, 30-minute yeah. episodes of the Stern Show. And I think, to me, that kind of hindered them because people that didn't listen to the show watched it and it wasn't like, oh, this show's gross. It's just a bunch of naked women. And, like, the real Stern listeners would be like, no, the fucking radio show's 100 times better. Yeah, yeah. All they show is the stupid shit on E. And, See, uh, I would kind of go the other way almost, like, from what I was saying. But, like, Stern was a real – and that was also in the 90s where it was, like, a real – you know, glimpse inside. There was no visual element to that kind of stuff at all. But Cern had a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that you wanted to see, i.e. naked chicks and Beetlejuice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as well, that really exposed <laughs> a lot of people to Cern. Like, I grew up in an Imus household, like we've talked about. My parents oh, listened to Imus. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I never yeah. listened to Stern growing up. So the E! Network was my first exposure when I was in middle school. And I was like, alright, dude, this guy kind of is hilarious and he gets, like, great yeah, guests. way stuff. better than Imus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fuck is <laughs> my mom doing like but uh so then like you know what i mean you could start you could get into stern through the e-network a lot of people i'm sure 
But, but so it's interesting. Stern also did the whole thing with uh, Sirius Radio, kind of like Rogan's doing with okay. Pandora. Great call. Is uh, you know Stern left regular radio and kind of made a similar deal. I think it was like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, 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 five hundred million. I think something like that. And was exclusively on Sirius XM. And it worked for them because, you know what I mean, Sirius XM, I don't think would have been, and Stern always was to be the first to point it out, but I don't think they would have been as big of a hit and had as many followers had it not been putting Stern on exclusively on that network. Yeah. No, the Stern one is kind of interesting. I feel that because of uh, the big thing, like on a business-wise, I was actually kind of involved on this as well because I was actually an XM subscriber because of Stern's main competition, the Opie and Anthony show. But they, those two companies merged, and Sirius mm-hmm. won the merger pretty much because they had Stern. Other than that, it wasn't necessarily a big hit. And I think probably for Stern's career, I guess that at that point, like regular radio has just officially died anyway. But Stern never really was a smash hit. The only guy that I know is like fucking our friend Danny is like the only person that I know that has serious because of Stern or whatnot. So it's not like I don't think that like, you know, he sold subscriptions all over the all over the country like everybody thought. I definitely do. But, I totally disagree with that. I hundred percent. Especially when it first came out where it was still more similar. I think now he's super soft. Like he's made friends with Rosie O'Donnell and like everyone else. He still else gets crazy guests and shit like that. Like he gets every no, he does because he he's like the legend. But I yeah, think yeah. you know, people that were like obsessed with Stern that like listened every morning at six AM on K Rock definitely like paid at the very beginning yeah. of it. Like And he was definitely like really did bring satellite radio to the to the spotlight because Opie and Anthony were like a full year ahead of them and as like mm-hmm. an XM subscriber like I said it was uh it was always the number two pretty much because Stern was going to you know what I mean and he did bring a lot of uh, spotlight to satellite radio 500 million dollars worth I mean, who's to say? Yeah. And I will say the stocks and shit like that fucking, I think, went down the shits after that whole thing and the whole merger and all. They had to merge because neither business model was as successful as they thought they were going to be. But also this was pre-Spotify. Sure. So it was just like, you know, they had a concept that then totally got ruined. Pre-Pandora, pre-Spotify. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. But Rogan's an interesting whole thing, and we'll see what happens. I honestly predict it's going to be the beginning of the end for Rogan. You know what I mean? Just because I feel that he had like he's so ingrained and established like the YouTube base. I don't mm-hmm. think people really give a shit about his show as much as it's just a convenience, a pattern of convenience that they have towards listening. But I don't know. Agreed, we'll man. See. And I like and Rogan a lot, and I'm a uh... huge Rogan guy. You know what I mean? Like I don't really listen to his show very much, but love Rogan dating back to his time on fucking news radio. News radio. I'm a <laughs> UFC fan and a fight fan. I think the fact that he's like invented that whole thing and made a career for himself out of his biggest passion is like the coolest and uh, uh you know great support for him there you know what i mean so i'm a huge rogan guy i just feel that you know i'm not myself i'm not a huge rogan guy i don't want to uh bash him too hard just because like i said on the uh, good news network thing uh you know uh, spotify comes and knocking on the door here <laughs> yeah, for sure they i guess that's the other way i guess that's the other news uh, the geeked up boys until we get our hundred million we're still available on soundcloud <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. although we're willing to talk I guess the only thing though and, uh, i'm not a huge rogan fan though i like you said news radio the other big thing though that i remember him really making the name for is uh the whole Mencia, the Punisher, okay, yes, fucking, the Punisher uh, that's just true. going to the, I think it was the cellar or the comedy store the comedy where he store just got on LA. stage. 
Yeah, Comic Con yeah. LA, and just called him out as like a total hack. And it's uh, that whole thing was one of that was kind of in uh, in response of though in a lot of ways is Rogan has already the reputation in Hollywood being a comedy police as being no, but also being like under the radar, fucking super rich through like Fear Factor, and I guess That's he's made true. tons of money. So he has like real fuck you, I don't give a fuck kind of money, and then just like took this personal like brigade because he's like, dude, I don't need stand up. Like I'm not very very good like you know what i mean like he's not doesn't need it doesn't care and just like totally but that was really what put him on uh, uh on a lot of eyes that whole thing as well the whole mencia stand-up war but i'm not like a huge well, we fan of broken as a stand-up putting, either like he's you know he was putting stuff online of like any comedy hack he was like yep. definitely the comedy police because of that for a while for like, sure for sure he was the guy calling people out if you were hacking jokes rogan was gonna come and get you <laughs> yep 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 but uh, so I mean, hey, I support that as well. You know what I mean? But yeah, 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 I support that as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Don't tell the Punisher. But um, so that's something that's big that will be coming out. And I guess another really big thing, though, that they've been kind of kind of advertising a little bit. Uh, you know, it's it's been more confusing than anything, but it's finally here. But HBO Max is finally uh, unaired its whole new network. Yes. And uh, the newest myself... way for HBO to squeeze a couple bucks out of you as an sure. HBO subscriber, an HBO Now subscriber, HBO Go subscriber. I'm a... Now I got to get Max. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. I myself, it just, came, it just premiered on the 27th, and it's. Uh, I myself kept like looking it up. I was like, dude, what the fuck is this? Like, is it like a different HBO network? Will they be <laughs> playing HBO shows? Should I, Will I not get it now? if I have HBO? Do I need to upgrade? Like, so here's what it is, and I think this is explained. I don't use cable, right? I have Verizon internet, and then everything else I watch, like YouTube TV, everything is streaming for me. So I had the HBO Now, which was basically just like all the HBO programs and uh, series and whatnot. Yep. Uh, so like a series, pretty much everything on, like, on HBO, except they don't have all the movie catalog for sure. But you get, but that I don't think if you shows. have. Sure. My point being is HBO now automatically upgraded to HBO Max. Okay, I see. So I got all that. If you're an HBO Go subscriber, which means that you use cable, that like you uh, have a cable network, and you can also just use the HBO app, that itself does not upgrade automatically. Interesting. Interesting. So I okay. would need to upgrade that actually because I'm an HBO cable and I have it through. Uh, I have it through my cable. But so I was exactly. access to that for free, but I don't pay. I don't think for the streaming version of it. I just get the streaming version through my pay. For oh, free, interesting. HBO okay. Go. And it is that is kind of one of the headlines about the subscription service. But it's one of the most expensive monthly subscription services that have come out yet at like fifteen bucks a month. That's mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. just like fifty percent higher than like a Netflix. Let's say you know what I mean. I get fucking for Hulu sure. for ten, and I get Spotify or I get Spotify. Uh, for ten, and I get fucking Hulu for free with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that was my big question too. Because I fucking signed up for so many stupid things. I was like, wait a second, was I paying fifteen dollars a month for HBO now? Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm still getting the HBO Max for at least for a year for the old price, which I think is eleven dollars a month. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But what HBO Max really is is this like I think it's a uh, Warner Brothers affiliate so it's all the original hbo stuff all the original hbo movies i think every movie they've ever played you know how like hbo go or now 
will, uh, you know, like movies leaving this month. I feel like a lot of these movies aren't leaving. They have like something crazy. Like Big shout five, out to John 50... from Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> HBO Max it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, talking to you, Arliss. Um, but so they have all the HBO, every movie that's really been on HBO, all the HBO series, plus all the Warner Brothers stuff, including uh, the big top, one of their big top sellers is, uh, it's the first time the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air has ever been on a streaming service. Nice. All right. <laughs> now we're talking here. Because I was much confused. One of the big headlines I've heard is everybody's been all pumped that they can now stream Friends on HBO Max. And I'm like, the fuck? Haven't mm. I already been streaming Friends? Am I crazy or uh, have I not been streaming Friends for years at this point? Like, but, yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, so the on Fresh... Netflix. Yeah. So the uh, Fresh Prince, getting... though, is uh, – oh, that's huge. That's huge. A big selling point on HBO Max, too, was uh, they're like, the Friends reunion special is only going to be on HBO Max. Okay, I see. And people have been like, oh, wow, no way. But it's not an episode. As it turns out, it's just going to be a roundtable of those six idiots sitting around and being like, yeah. so Jennifer Aniston got a career after this. And, uh... <laughs> and Matt LeBlanc never did, huh? They're yeah. going to fucking talk about his uh, chimp hands. Is, is he bringing his chimp from the uh ed? is he bringing ed <laughs> but uh okay so very interesting so it's gonna be uh uh yeah so hbo plus other warner brothers content. warner brothers so for instance like the turner classic movies network is on there okay if you're uh, uh zoom room all-star like steven who comes in every friday night yes interesting turner classic movie for him so kind of like thing. a disney plus kind of approach where you're getting Dude, more than what you uh, more than what you'd assume, you know. You sign so up for all so. the Avengers, you get all the uh, uh, Simpsons and Nat Geo episodes as well. It's like fuck yeah. Exactly. With this one, you get all of the uh, Adult Swim shows. So like Rick and Morty is on this now. How about HBO Adult Network? We get we get real sex. Am I uh, <laughs> am I real sexing some of my favorites from seventh grade or what? We <laughs> keep it down. My parents are in the room, but. Uh... <laughs> After uh, Silk Stocking ends on USA, we can throw on a little real sex on HBO. <laughs> but they also have, a, kind of like you were talking about with Marvel, they have a deal with DC. So a lot of, like, all okay. the Batman movies are on there. Oh, all yes. This the... was another big, actually, angle of it. But the uh, DC universe getting a big bump uh, in the news as well with kind of in Friends fashion, exclusive to HBO Max, is going to be the Schneider Cut, the long-talked-about yes. Schneider Cut. And I feel this is a super cool concept that could really be applied to lots of different shit as well. You want to give us a rundown okay. of the Schneider Cut? So the Snyder Cut version of Justice League has been talked about for years. That there's rumored that there's this uncut because I guess to give you a real background of it, when DC started their whole like movie universe to try to uh, I guess go against Marvel. Uh, don't look so bored there, Liam. <laughs> no. When, no, uh, you can see me. <laughs> you can see me stretching and casually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll start again up. <laughs> But when DC really launched their whole like movie universe to go into a head-to-head against Marvel, which was already pretty established, Zack Snyder was their guy who directed 300, Sin City, he kind of had a darker feel. He came out with the Man of Steel movie, the Batman vs. Superman movie. He set the whole darker tone for uh, what the DC which movies was were going to be. the big headline yeah. for DC when it kicked off the Superman franchise. It was like they're going to have sure. a darker approach. 
And then the Justice League movie came out. He had all these things planned for it. He filmed a lot of it, most of it. Now, when it came to editing time and reshoots, he had a big tragedy. At first, it was announced he left the movie because of tragedy of the family. As it turned out, his daughter actually killed herself, so he left the movie. Fair enough of an excuse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then they brought in uh, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon was the guy that directed the first Avengers movie. He's famous for making the Buffy the Vampire TV series, but mostly the first two Avengers movies that had that light kind of cartoony feel, which worked for Marvel because they already had things set up. When he did that to this movie, he ended up doing like 40 minutes worth of reshoots and made it kind of a light, funnier, try to appeal to a broader audience thing. Movie kind of fucking tanked. The characters didn't really live up to it. And And it's always been rumored. Sorry, go ahead. For sure. Uh, I was going to say just real quick, looking back might have really like was super detrimental to the franchise because everybody always rags on the DC for like like being a Marvel wannabe. They were trying to do their own thing with Schneider and then they fucking bring in somebody from Marvel, which is a horrible decision because now it's just got that like Marvel but but not as good feel. You know what I mean? For sure, man. And uh, it's always been rumored because there's a lot of, like, clips from, like, old trailers that they showed or, like, behind-the-scene pictures. There was, like, characters, i.e., like, the Martian Manhunter that was supposed to be maybe in this movie didn't make it in the Whedon cut. And people kind of always knew and guessed that there was an actual cut of the movie Zack Snyder wanted to make. Uh, there was always people rumored of being of having seen it. It's been this online thing for years since the movie's come out, it's called, like, give us the Snyder Cut, hashtag Snyder Cut, all that shit. You see it online all the time. And then slowly you've been hearing this uh, rumor that he's actually been re-editing it and getting money to do this. And then there was rumors coming out that people have actually seen it and said it's it's awesome. And then recently he did this uh, live stream of Man of Steel, Zack Snyder, because he directed that. And Henry Cavill, who played Superman, came on and uh, they did this live viewing. They watched the movie and did a Q&A afterward. And somebody asked a question. It was like, look, dude, honestly, are we ever going to see a Snyder cut? And they announced it on there. He's like, all right, check it. Like, it's coming out on HBO Max this fall. We uh, we have been working on it. And people are 50-50 about it. Is it going to be this epic kind of new movie that with the garbage that was Justice League? Or is it just going to be extra shots that were left yeah, out of the movie yeah. and people are like, oh, this pile of shit is still a pile of shit. from Justice League. Because honestly, let's exactly. be, you know, the Superman, I like the first Superman, but Superman vs. Batman was not very good. And, not very uh, good at all. So man. it's not like, you know, DC was, it's not like they were achieving that great. It's not like it was the Batman yeah, Begins and Dark Knight era of Batman, the Christopher Nolan Batman. For sure. You know what I mean? Like Wonder Woman, though, was a huge hit. People loved that sure. movie. Suicide Squad now, here's another one. Now with the whole, they're making the Snyder Cut, David Ayer, the guy who directed Suicide Squad, if you remember that, we made fun of it a bunch in earlier episodes about Jared Leto being the Joker. Of course. And just kind of like, what a pile of shit that movie turned out to be. And there was also rumors that like, 40 minutes of all the Joker scenes got cut out of that movie, that the studio re-totally vamped the movie themselves. Now David Ayer is saying like, hey, let's give us the uh, Ayer cut of my movie because you're doing the Snyder cut. I'm telling you, my movie is totally different than what you guys got to see. And, you know, I think a lot of that is going to depend on the reception of what the Snyder cut is going to be. There's a lot of examples of... these situations where there's somebody leaves at the end. I think even like Bo Rap wasn't that a big Oscar one where it happened. Somebody you know filmed it and somebody else. There's like a it's very common where this scenario comes up. 
where you could theoretically package somebody else's version of the movie, <laughs> you know? For sure. So just, like, just in terms think... of like a genre of thing to now go down, it's an interesting mm. uh, it's an interesting genre. Usually this is the kind of thing that would you would get on uh, like an extras on a DVD or something like that. You know what well, I mean? But now that that's not things... a thing, it's like uh, we'll see if it works. Well, it's kind of one of those things too that people have always kind of shit on George Lucas for. Is then like taking the Star Wars movies and then like putting in new CGI monsters yeah. in the background and then like this is the movie I always wanted to make. Uh, yeah, yeah, the technology yeah. wasn't there. It's curious of just like do you lick your wounds and like all right, the movie sucked. I think this is an interesting case just because Zack Snyder did make this whole movie and then kind of had to leave and then Joss Whedon kind of like yeah remade his original goal. Uh, it'd be interesting. Like I said, did the David Ayer movie too? Suicide Squad is. I think it's a lot of that's going to depend on because that was a big story too of when Suicide sorry when Suicide Squad came out because standing with the trailers people were like oh there's all these like Joker clips that didn't make it into the movie where is that and he said the same thing that the studio got involved and changed his movie around so will we ever see his thing I think like I said a lot of that has to do with uh, how big of a hit if people come out and be like wow that was way better yeah, than what yeah. we saw. That's true. Maybe they so, could. We, yeah. Maybe we could see the official version of uh, Vinny Chase and the other asshole from Entourage and the uh, <laughs> the Queens Boulevard uh, uh, take <laughs> cut. But, For sure, <laughs> I want to see the real Medellin movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, okay, so very cool though. Definitely interesting to uh, 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 be aware of and available on HBO yeah. Max. I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm kind of more of the school of mind. I got a feeling it's going to be just a further example of like why DC. Like a, a, another time, I feel burnt by DC, and potentially yeah. it might be the, the straw that breaks the. Because as well, everybody's just leaving that franchise and everything. You know what I mean? Like. They've had to recast Superman and what it's just like it's all been uh Yeah. It's it's it seems like it's you know, the writing's on the wall that that whole thing we need we need lots of uh new director takes on these fucking movies, but Plus that Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four movie's coming out and I don't think that's gonna uh I think it's gonna be a total shitstorm. I don't think it's gonna hold a candle to like the first one did at all. <laughs> okay, I see. But, uh, you're very right. interesting for HBO Max, though, and as well, just as uh, as well, kind of just interesting to see HBO. Like they've always kind of just been such a unique brand and like an isolated brand that it's kind of just interesting to lump them in the same package of like Fresh Prince on HBO. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big just, Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, it just seems weird. You know what I mean? And like, you're right, just because HBO, uh, you know, it's not TV; it's HBO. It's uh, <laughs> that was their whole thing, and you're right. It does like with shows like Big Bang and uh, Friends being on there. You're right. It doesn't hold really a candle to like some of those old classic and just HBO programming in general, all the original series, which really has me thinking. We should take a closer look at some of those original HBO shows. Closer look, closer look, closer look. Break out the telescope. Then the microscope, all of the other scopes, it's exactly what you hold. We're gonna look real close. Take a closer look. Closer look. Closer look. Oh yeah, it's time for another geeked up podcast. Closer look. Big uh silky chocolatey voice of Andre Davi. <laughs> That's right. Check them out on SoundCloud. Uh, or check out uh, Piss Mob, New Jersey's finest, that he just produced in house a couple tracks for. 
But uh, like we were saying, uh, HBO Max, the big new thing, millions and billions of shows on there and movies. But it's a weird move, kind of like what we were saying, just because HBO has so much of its own original content. And for years, you would think probably the original, like, paid programming you know in these days of netflix and disney plus and hulu and amazon prime and everything yeah. i think hbo no, sure. was the the uh the original og of uh no, network sure. i mean when me and Devin were growing up we both remember the days of uh not everybody having cable you know, and then there was the long time where I was like everybody had cable, but not really anybody had HBO. And then sure. it was like Cinemax, Showtime, and Stars all kind of came to compete. You know, long before the days of any of those streaming. But you're right, like the streaming services, all of those really do feel uh, uh, pretty much just like an HBO year 2020 you know what i mean for sure man and hbo the original you know network slash studio where they were producing all their own original programming as well which is kind of you know unlike other networks at the time so and not even their own original uh tv shows but they've had their own original like movies documentaries uh like you said sports programming i guess we'll kick off the list with my uh top hbo programming ever the movie the original movie 61 about uh, Roger Maris and uh, and the douchey Billy Crystal interviews that ensued, but fucking stupid <laughs> Billy Crystal who like refused to fucking admit that he like refused to believe that he wasn't on the Yankees for some reason. Like what uh, he did the Yankee uh, training fantasy camp, and then <laughs> yeah. had like uh, that big '61 movie about the Maris Mantle. Uh, home run chase but you're right that was you know an hbo original movie everybody thinks about the original shows but that was an original for sure for sure you're right you're right something that i will say i think of especially old school hbo is because we were one of the houses that where my mom did have hbo and originally back in the day and there was two shows on one i wasn't allowed to watch one was called dream on which was about like a single guy i think in the late 80s i don't Okay, it was definitely before our time because I wasn't allowed to watch it because there was boobs on it. Okay. And it was basically about a guy that was, like, dating in New York. I think it might be actually on HBO Max now. I'm not 100%. Don't uh, quote me on that. But I wasn't allowed to watch it. And then there was another show, which still, for whatever reason, it was never on HBO now, and it's still not on HBO Max. And I was too afraid to watch it my mom would use it as a scare tactic to send me to bed because she would turn on the beginning oh of it, yeah and a little creepy fucker would pop out of his coffin but <laughs> yeah, tales from yeah. the crypt i remember that i remember tales from the crypt being on the uh for sure and like you said me and you were very young and uh and i was a total pussy as we've countered on the show but so i did not i was as well would get scared off by tales from the crypt but my little sister who was at the time i was probably like nine and she was seven I would run around, uh, run away, scared as fuck, because like the second he popped out of the coffin, I knew like I had so much time before that happened, like run to my bedroom. But my little seven-year-old sister was just like, "I think he's funny. Can I watch this?" And I was like, oh, "Jesus Christ!" Hilarious. You gotta feel extra. You gotta feel like a- an extra puss if your little sister is fucking uh, <laughs> brave no, enough. Big time, hundred <laughs> percent. 
Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, so that's some OG, uh, uh, I guess, uh, taking us all the way though from Tales in the Crypt to another one that we that we've uh, been talking a little bit about in Coronaville. But I'm gonna bring it all the way back to another great one that just came on. But Plot Against America it was a mini series and uh, a really solid, you know, HBO original programming. And, uh, uh, you know, it'll go down, I'd say, you know, uh, uh, top ten, potentially, of my favorite HBO things. And definitely room for more to work with, so. Really good series, man. And HBO kind of, like, really nails that miniseries thing, too. Because another show that didn't take on quite as hot, maybe it did, because I thought it was absolutely great. It was a six-episode miniseries, and it was called Years and Years. And it was a British show that was on HBO, and it kind of takes place, it starts now, uh, like in this timeline, and there's a whole thing where, like, the first episode ends with, like, Trump shooting, like, nuclear weapons at, like, a Chinese island. Okay, but the show kind of, like, takes their uh, worst-case scenario approach to, like, what this Trump presidency looks like, but he keeps going on to, like, the, not, like, the future future, but, like, our immediate future. Okay, so so kind of, that's interesting. But, He's like two years ahead of us or whatnot, like in the immediate future of us. 100%, dude. I didn't really hear about that one. I I thought you were going to say uh, uh, The Night Of, which was another like recent HBO miniseries that was huge. That that, that one did kind of go viral on us, you know? Yeah. Well, that was supposed to be uh, James Gandolfini uh, was all about that. He was still alive. And then John Turturro ended up taking over that role. For sure. And uh, he's kind of an HBO all-star because like the Plot Against America. I mean, I guess if we're going to be talking original uh, HBO programming, especially if we're going to bring up Gandolfini, I guess we can't go any further without. I'm just going to throw out a couple of my like uh, all time all stars from HBO because we'll try to, you know, we usually will focus on some of the less obvious ones. But of course, you know, The Sopranos and The Wire, potentially two of the best, and two of like the all-time television series, you know. Absolutely, uh, Sopranos in terms of it's like just cultural relevancy, especially me growing up. I was in high school when that came out in North Jersey where that was like, it was just such a huge thing. And yeah, man, the you Wire... were uh, sneaking into the bada bing at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, like literally. But, uh, uh, and then The Wire though was kind of like has just really grown this reputation as like literally being like all-time great television and like as good as it gets in the art of television making so good i mean even the wire where like every show has its up and down seasons even the wire people are like oh season two is not my favorite it was like oh so i shouldn't watch it like oh no it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's yeah, just yeah. For not sure. as good as yeah, as the other season. I mean, season but, two uh, is easily my fave with uh, <laughs> the blue-collar shenanigans of the docks. Like, come on. That's, uh... Modern stuff. I mean, I got to go as a geeked-up favorite, and I think it's such an epic HBO show that, like, I think they had, like, 20 million unsubscriptions, or maybe that's a little too high, but everyone unsubscribed after the finale. Okay. The Game of Thrones yep. fucking everybody that's was true. on board game of thrones i mean that was and, like uh, that was a little bit of both actually that was like the cultural phenomenon like sopranos but as mm-hmm. well like the out of world art artistic achievement of uh, of the wire you know what i mean where i obviously as we talked about it have not watched that but it you know really has the reputation for just next level shit for in sure. terms of television and i think the only other show on hbo that's really kind of like 
try to wear that hat after them, which especially like the show's budget is so big that they only do eight episodes a season is a Westworld. Okay. I think is another like over the top, just like yeah. the amount of money that goes into each episode looks like movie quality. Like, yeah, it does look like, yeah, movie know, quality for sure. Two is when like network TV, like CW or Fox tries to make like larger than life shows. The uh, special effects always look really cheesy and kind of just like, you know, wonky. Whereas a show like Game of Thrones, like, you never had that experience of, like, sure, there's a dragon and a dragon doesn't look real, but, like, it was movie quality CGI and, like, uh, once I heard about you the know. Star Cup, uh, once I heard about the Starbucks Cup, I was all out. <laughs> no. Starbucks yeah, Cup aside, I but, was it really? Yeah. <laughs> but of course, uh, uh, yeah, no, that was definitely the rep for uh, uh, Game of Thrones, I guess. To take it away from some of the series, like we're saying, because that's a real obvious mm-hmm. one and like the real classic obvious ones. Maybe we'll get back into some of the series later. But let me give you some of the more some of my favorite. HBO things that have ever gone down, gone down. but uh, especially for me and you, big in the comedy world, but uh, of course the HBO stand-up specials or whatnot, pretty much the two in my book, uh, from my generation, the two greatest uh, stand-up comedy specials, Chris Rock, Bring the Pain, and Dave Chappelle, Killing Them Softly, both HBO Absolutely. releases, and at that time it was kind of like even pre-Comedy Central in a lot of ways, but definitely for in terms of big specials, but that was really like uh, your, like it was like if you had Showtime, you got gas. Gallagher, and then fucking everybody else in the world was HBO. But it was like, you know, that was the place for stand-up. You know, they would even do that yearly, it felt, like new comics thing or whatnot. Absolutely, uh, man. HBO had, like, the young comics uh, coming up. They always had, like, the uh, 30-minute Yeah, those two, actually. There was an epic year in, like, 07 where uh, uh, Louie did one. I think Jim Norton. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, everybody was just a monster on that special. They had those 30 minutes. And you're right. It was one of those things kind of, like, where now Netflix is out and, like, everybody in the world has a comedy special. HBO was kind of, like, that you made it. For sure. If you had an HBO comedy special, that meant, like, you were fucking big time. For sure. We've talked about it before, but comedy specials, unfortunately, they're no longer special. And, like, that's no disrespect mm. to the com- like, to the comics that do them, you know, for some of the part, I guess. But literally yeah, any comic yeah. that has 40 minutes now has a, a quote-unquote special. But even yeah. for the greats, like, you know, Nate Bargatze or, like, these great comics that have put out specials recently, they just don't have – it's just, like, now kind of a mandatory thing to be a comic because you need to release your hours. It's not, like, that unique, you know, special kind of feel that uh, no, HBO had – I mean, you've heard me talk about it, and kind of like the two you use an example too. But like Chappelle's killing him softly. I've always said is like to me the uh, essence of a perfect comedy special, where like every joke hits everything. And also Chris Rock's uh, special was that like he was known on SNL before that had like roles in movies here and there. But like the reason Chris Rock is as big of a star today as he is is because of that one hour HBO special. For sure, one hundred percent. No doubt. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you're right. And Chappelle is kind of more synonymous with being a stand-up. Chris Rock mm-hmm. is now just like one of the Hollywood elite. Like, you wouldn't be surprised with him to be in a- any project, hosting the Oscar, whatever it is, you know, a big movie. For sure. He has a new Saw movie coming out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess from uh, – so so comedy specials, they were the 90s kings as well uh, in the sports world. They were uh, uh, really some great shit sports, especially for me, a big boxing fan. But really, up until recently, and I've talked about it on my boxing podcast, the 
TKO cast, but uh, they pretty much uh, uh, kind of, you know, uh, changed the whole boxing industry when they left the boxing. Like, they no longer carry boxing anymore, and all these other streaming services had to start to kind of, like, hold weight. But for years, if you were a boxing fan, like, they were just the undisputed home base of boxing in America. The, uh, you know, Jim Lampley, Harold Letterman. I think if a uh, pay-per-view had the boxing match on on Saturday night, you could watch it for free if you were an HBO subscriber That's on Sunday true too. night. Like, That's true, they too. Had boxing in America, sometimes during the summer, they had exclusive boxing tournaments. They and did, they like, had, the whole uh, 24-7 show, which is, like, the boxing documentary thing leading up to the fight, sure. which is really, like, if you watch one of those things, you're fucking... You're, you they know. also have... Uh, HBO was big on uh, Hard Knocks, all, like, the behind-the-scenes yes. of the NFL. The Great call, too. Huge. The training camp behind the scenes absolutely show. man yeah yeah Huge. that's true too and uh, uh you know you've uh, uh seen some amazing they as well have like their sports magazine show hbo real sports that mm-hmm. over the years you'll see you know and now espn of course does the whole documentary series they're yeah. 30 and they've got that whole catalog 30 for 30s but real sports was real the, sports uh, yeah, the original awesome. like hbo documentary magazine series kind of show and some uh, amazing it's... stuff on hbo real sports because especially when uh, I think Brian Gumble, I think sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess if uh, when you think uh, Brian Gumble, you think sports, and when you think HBO, I guess you do think more series-based stuff. As well, those... let's think about also. I don't want to glaze over their whole original movies thing. Okay. I remember the first HBO original movie I ever watched was like. The Late Shift, and it was the whole p- actors playing David Letterman, yeah. Jay Leno. Great call. There, you know what I mean? There's a lot of political ones. They had the Sarah Palin movie where Ed Harris was playing John McCain. You had the uh, Recount movie, which was uh, Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey after the whole Al Gore, George Bush recount. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I forgot There's- about that one. The Leary uh <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dude. Right. There's a lot of – you have Al Pacino playing um, – uh, Spectre, Phil Spectre, like original movie there. Like wow. they, there was a, an OG one of those kind of as well. I remember. Do you remember, uh, do you remember Gia? I think or Gio when we were kids. But it was the mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie where she was that like prostitute. That was yes. a huge HBO yes. like release because at that point HBO every Saturday night and I guess still. But it, that was uh, for me growing up. HBO was also real cool for the new movies every Saturday. I would you know like look forward to the HBO movie of the week was a huge thing. But I remember Gia coming out was like a huge like wow HBO making their own stuff huh like very true man interesting. that might have even been ahead of the curve on a lot of their series you know. Kind of like you were saying, too, though. There was a time with HBO where, like, their big series weren't really taking off so much. And you're right. Saturday nights were the way it would come out with new movies. But every other night, it'd be like, you know, it could be like 1996. And would be like, our Friday night movie is Splash from 1985. It's like, what? I was always amazed by just the lack of – it seemed like their programming was totally illogical, too, towards anything else that was going on. As well, it's like if it wasn't a Saturday night, the movies would start at like, you know – 845 or it was just like they just didn't have like normal mm. programming times you know what i mean where it's like you'd like full house would would come on at eight that makes sense hbo well, movies for sure be- though but it was also in the day before there was like hbo2 hbo west hbo family so like at 10 a.m on hbo odds are homeward bound is going to be on and then <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. throughout the day it gets a little grittier <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> 
But uh, uh, I guess a couple more uh, uh, closing it out, though, coming full circle with a couple of my all-time faves. And I guess this one is a little bit of a double whammy, but, uh, uh, and we've talked, it's been a huge focus on the, on the Geeked Up podcast over the last five years. And as well over last year had its own original HBO movie. However, it'll forever be known as an HBO series. And of course, I speak of Deadwood, but for sure, uh, uh, you know that's for me. It's definitely not better than The Wire. It definitely wasn't as you know crazy a cultural thing as Sopranos or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's like my all-time HBO show. It's kind of got that like you know fact that uh, it's a little under the radar fact. You know what I mean? It's, so it feels a little bit more like a unique HBO find. But it's I just love that best, show so dude. much. The uh, swearing character, like... the whole setting and world it takes place in. It's just a great show historical history it's just amazing absolutely not even the historical history or inaccuracy but like the shakespeare aspect of it of just like you know what i mean that's not how they talked <laughs> like, no i swear they said cunt all the time i, well, that aspect, I, I did, I did true, lots of research like, <laughs> that aspect i think is true but like he the claims that monologues he of like you know what i mean oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a no, very sure. Shakespearean no, to it, sure. and also as a Western fan, as like a big Tombstone fan, it's forever ruined every other Western I've ever watched since then. Been like, mm, it was good, it was no Deadwood, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and the, the uh... movie totally held up. Um, I guess I want to say there's other things because I've been thing I want to kind of touch on is like my last big HBO show. I think is going to be out there, but. They have all their news networks, too. I think Bill Maher was kind of their first one uh, with Real Time. Oh, and now yeah. they have the Vice, the Vice News Network is on there. All their documentaries we haven't even talked about is a uh, huge. That's true. In addition to sports, they've had uh, tons of tons of real documentaries as well. Mm-hmm. John Oliver and his late night show on there. So they even have the late night aspect of it. To me, though, I guess closing it out, because like you said, Deadwood is probably one of my all-time favorite, not even HBO shows, but shows of all time. But for up and coming shows that I think, you know, like I said, a lot of people canceled their HBO after Game of Thrones. And my whole thing after that was like, you guys are dumb. You guys just missed the whole season of Watchmen, which was yeah. fucking amazing, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was another one that we talked a lot about. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the more, one of the recent HBO hits, letting you know that they're still down to compete with the Netflix and uh, uh, the Netflixes of the world. You know, HBO's not going anywhere, even without Game of Thrones. No, and I think there's still, though, like, one of the, uh, once it comes down to the Emmys, I think one of their big commercials every year is, like, once again, we won every Emmy we were nominated for. <laughs> HBO. Yeah, for sure. But um, I guess that would be our closer look. I'm sure there's a lot of HBO original programming that we forgot or skimmed over. If there <laughs> We is... didn't even mention Curb, for fuck's sake. Uh, uh, Accountant Mike is going <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy over here. <laughs> If there is, uh, be sure to email us in at thegeekeduppodcast at gmail.com. We already and... we, we brought up Arliss earlier. We don't mention it again in the uh, – <laughs> yeah. we talk about Arliss not in our HBO uh, breakdown. Arliss has hilariously enough come up a lot in this podcast <laughs> for a show that I'm pretty sure neither of us watched. <laughs> oh, I loved Arliss. That was the original like entourage. It was like you could see yeah, celebrities yeah, yeah. in fucking uh, TV. It was a, 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 a mashup. Um, but we, uh, like I said, if we did miss any of the shows, specials, um, uh, sports news networks, things you love from HBO, email us in the geek podcast at gmail.com. 
Of course, we'll be talking about it this Friday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in our Zoom room. Oh, so, yeah. you know, come with your notes prepared. We'll be uh, putting out the code on that on our Facebook page. Um, of course, keep a lookout. We have our five-year anniversary special coming out soon for you guys. So expect a lot of uh, returns from old guests and new. Yes, uh, coming up soon. That should be... Uh... Uh, right around the right around the first week of June, which is the uh, uh, actual five year uh, release date anniversary, so mm-hmm. we will get mm-hmm. into all of that. But definitely a lot of fun. Uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun coming up. Um, don't want to give anything away, but we might be coming out in a couple of new uh, platforms for you guys too. So of course we'll be letting you guys some know major about that. announcements going on on yeah. the on the yeah. special as well. So. And since there's really only a couple it. platforms we're not on, I guess it wouldn't be. A... <laughs> you got to figure it out, but you know. It's a major... well, spoiler alert, it's not Twitter <laughs> or Instagram. <laughs> so to keep you guys on your toes. But uh, I think that'll be it for this episode of Geeked Up Podcast, Life in Coronaville. Uh, I'm Devin Barnes. That's Liam Whalen. I know for a fact you guys aren't working tomorrow, so why don't you go ahead and get geeked up? Woo, baby. What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Woo Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo!